Ever since the dawn of time, man has been fascinated with alternate planes of existence. And now, our scientists speculate that a multiverse filled with infinite possibilities lies just beyond our grasp. Welcome to the Multiversal News. My name is Greg Lineweber, and I will be your host. And we will discuss what is fact, fiction, and theory. That which is not real in our universe might very well be real in another. Join us and let the reality of your world be real for us, too. And once again, welcome to the Multiversal News. Is this it? Are we on? Good. Uh, folks, my name is Greg Lineweber. I'm with the Multiversal News, and this is uh, another exciting episode, and we have some wonderful guests here who I'm sure you're both going to appreciate. Uh, Oliver Sherward and, uh, Sherward, sorry, and Lisa Coronado are both here in the studio to discuss uh, Time Traveler Zero, which you have both done before, and to uh, work uh, on some other stuff that they're bringing up here in the future. Um, now, we talk at length about Time Traveler Zero. Uh, you guys both did excellent uh, jobs on your performances on that, on that show, which I, I, I wanted to thank you for uh, before we went any further. But you've also come on to talk about some of your own uh, stuff, which I'm more than happy to talk about. Is there anything about Time Traveler Zero that you'd like to, to go over and uh, talk to us about? Um, real quick, I, we're just really excited about all the the show you did and all the publicity oh. you got for it and it was Thank funny you. i was watching the outtakes yeah. and it was hilarious that was a very Loved nice it. of you it's very very kind of you i i it, it's and definitely enjoyed having jeremiah and, and everybody else on the show that's why i wanted to have you guys on too um uh yes it, and i hear it's going into distribution yes finally oh wow where's <laughs> it going are they in the sell um, so we have domestic dis distribution already and then the international we're kind of negotiating on so we can't really talk quite about it yet oh um, okay <laughs> mom's the word everyone but, but it will be it's ready out. to go out yeah. it is here available here in the united states is it not um no it's not no we're redoing our our artwork our cover stuff there's a few things and then it should be ready pretty soon well when it yeah. is let us know and we'll of course put give you some more publicity oh when it's going Thank on you. um well, now, I would, why don't we just go ahead and talk about some of the other works we're talking about right now. I wanted to definitely mention Time Traveler Zero, but now I hear Orpheum is, is the next big topic here. Lisa, I, I hear uh, you wrote this script for, for Orpheum. Yeah, I did. Um, I took it on in, I think, January. We'd had some, um, some mishaps with writers, and it, it just became apparent that we'd all talked about the story so much and immersed in it and it was really hard to get somebody else separate to bring on our vision and so I just started writing. I wrote I think 20 pages and I sent it to Alder and um, a couple of our other producers and they said oh it's great keep going and I said okay and so I kept writing and would send them 15-20 pages at a time and pretty soon I had a 150 page script and I was done in about five weeks. It took me to, to get it all together and we had a huge read-through um, with about 15 actors and taped it so I could hear the flow of it. And I just finished the second draft uh, Friday. Wow. So it's good to go. I cut it down by 30 pages and um, 
it's getting some good feedback from the people I'm sending it to, and we're excited. Yeah. Was this an easy script to write? Was this something no. that just came out oh. of you? No, oh. <laughs> no, it involves you know two different eras and and to enter, you know, weave two different love stories separated by 80 years, but they had to be important to each other, and we had all these locations that we, I needed to fit in. Even if they didn't fit the story, I still had to fit them in. Um, and that was rough, but I think the, the big thing was the heart of the story and in going to um, Missouri. We went there several times to yeah. see all these locations, and um, I wrote a bulk of it, uh, the first script, when I was there. And just being, you know, inspired by the locations and it kind of wrote itself a little bit the first draft the yeah. second draft was rough <laughs> yeah but the first draft just really was inspiration that uh did do you feel any kind of personal identity with any of the characters in the script oh or? yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely it was really hard um to separate myself especially since uh one of the characters i'll be playing and you oh. know this character i would send give my husband a script to read be like, I'm okay, okay what do you think and when it would come to the love scene of my character i was like how do I write this and send, show my husband and be like, I'll be doing this with another actor, you know? And so <laughs> I really, I had to completely separate myself, which was so hard. And I had to separate yeah. her from her character and, yeah. and just picture these other people. Otherwise, I'd compromise the story. So yeah. I definitely relate. There's bits of me, of her, of our families, of people we know, everybody in the script. Um, dates, birthdays. I mean, I put so much in there that people would be like, oh, oh yeah. you know, so right. it was fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really a, a challenge to write a good script, and, and sometimes when it comes together, it could be really easy. It's sometimes d difficult, especially when you got the plot twists and everything to think He's about. He's an amazing writer. I, yeah. I read the second draft last night, and I was crying, and I've oh. lived this story for a long time, and yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, moving. You're a, so. you're a heartbreaker, making people <laughs> cry already. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that sounds really great. Uh, have you guys started to shoot any shooting yet, or just uh, have you shot a, a pre-screening or anything or it's still no we we've started to shoot behind the scenes because we've been on the locations we've actually um stayed at one of the haunted mansions just her and i and one other girl Get and we've spooked. kind of been yeah it was pretty creepy <laughs> actually uh, you were more scared than i was i was scared to go there but once we got there i was like this is so great and she was like what was that I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I barely slept. <laughs> okay. Actually, a lot of our locations are, are actually haunted, and people would come forward and give us the stories of being haunted, especially the Orpheum. Oh, yeah? Uh, people that had worked there over the years had been there and, and crept around when they were kids. Um, crazy stuff. Things. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Did, 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 does it relate to the story at all, some of the stuff that, uh, mm -hmm. that happened? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, maybe you got a cosmic connection going there with the with the ghosts. Maybe the ghosts were right through you. That's fine. Well, the, um, I actually went to Missouri for Time time Travel Zero. Uh -huh. um, there was a film festival there called the American Artist Film Festival. Yeah. And when I was there, I met um, our executive producer of the Orpheum, Larry Owens. Okay. And we went to his... He said, you like theaters, huh? I have this haunted theater. So we went to his theater, and you walk in it, and it's like the energy in there is unreal. It's like I had been there. It's like we were destined to write this script. It was really weird. You just walk in, and I'm, I'm home. And so the next trip, she came back, and um, we just spent a lot of time there, even just sitting there in the old seats. It's, it's abandoned, and, and the story just started to emerge. Yeah, that's, 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 that's really fascinating. Um, 
Are you planning on maybe writing any other scripts after this one? Like that too? Oh, you already got ideas. <laughs> yeah. We got stuff down the road, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'll do the ghost at the mansion. Did he inspire you to write any, anything extra? or? I don't know. Um, I always have ideas, you know, going through my head. And I've had a script that I've wanted to write for five years. So yeah. there's stuff that comes down. This is my first time ever writing uh anything supernatural i mean i oh, didn't okay. think that i would it kind of you know she called me after she got back from missouri i have the most amazing project and you're coming on board and i was like what what okay. <laughs> and you got yeah. drafted <laughs> well it's been like a avalanche since then i mean yeah. everything's been snowballing and gathering all this momentum and we barely had to really i mean the script was the big thing was writing it but people just seemed to flock to the idea yeah. and the orphans and know about it or Somebody had a you know story of when they were in a theater and some weird stuff happened and it's great. I am really interested in, in this. I've got to see this before it comes out. I think <laughs> it's going to be really good, uh, especially the way you've been doing it. Now we've got some other stuff to talk about. Do you have anything more about the uh, the orphan you want to get across here on the show before we move on to something else? Um, we're just super excited about the orphan. I think that. Yeah. It's the, the movie you dream about making. It's, it has all the elements. It has love and spooky, scary stuff and yeah. friendship and everything. Now, perhaps you could tell us a little more about the Warfare itself. It's a gigantic theater that's been around for how long now? Uh, Is it 1929? Uh, the first one was built, I don't know when the first one, it was in the 20s. They yeah. built yeah. Orpheans across the country in the 20s. I remember Jeremy was telling this uh, before one of our shows that the, that did have uh, some spooky connotations to it. That there was uh, supposedly some, um, some, I wouldn't say enchantment, more like haunting going on at the Orpheum. That they've yeah. seen a few people wandering around, a few lost souls. There is, there's, um... A lot of the Orpheums are considered haunted. There's one in Tennessee and one in Vancouver, Canada that's haunted. Um, actually, our music director on the Orpheum um, was Les Brown Jr. He, he'd been playing with his father many years, and they, they kind of had something happen at the Orpheum. And, um, all these stories come together. It, it seems to me that the when you come together to create a show and there's all these... Uh, brilliant old school acts and they have this like vivaciousness about them. It's like there's some energy that settles when all these big shows with all the audience and everyone coming together, you know, to create something and it's this interaction. Yeah. And even as they passed on, it seems like the, the spirits are still there. Yeah. They, they still want to do the show. The show must go on for each other. I, I really think so. Mm -hmm. Just just to let you know, Greg, we have a question from the chat room if you oh, want if you want to take a question from the chat room. Whip it out. It's from JJ Superstar. And it, uh, the question is, so is the movie about true events? I believe this would be directed to the ladies. Ah, Lisa? Um, you know, when we found, the what I could dig up about this particular Orpheum was that um, it was built in Hannibal, Missouri by a rich lumber baron, and nobody knows why. There's Orpheums in all major cities, Los Angeles, San Francisco, uh, I think Chicago had one, New York, and Hannibal was this, such a tiny city um, and no one knows why they built it. So what we did is I came in and I, uh, I made a story about why this theater would have been built. So it's, 
it's not based on any particular story in general. Um, that just you know of. That I know of, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it could have been you were inspired by a ghost. It could have been, definitely. But we used real locations and um, stories from other people and just started collaborating all this stuff to put in um, to where it could be the truth. We, you know, it's not so far-fetched that it's, oh, yeah. you know. It's, it, it, it sounds interesting. I, I've only heard little tiny bits of this story, mm -hmm. and, I, and I, I'm intrigued. Mm -hmm. Uh, any more questions from the chat room? Not at this time. Okay, JJ, I hope that uh, helps out there. Uh, now, let's go ahead and go on to topic number two, uh, the Divine Marigolds. Now, I, I, I assume you guys are, are working on this project together, or, or do you have who else is helping you out with this? Um, so the Divine Marigolds is a collaboration between five producers in Seattle. Okay. Um, it's Lisa, myself, uh, Jeremiah Kaner, Will Chase, and Hugh, Hugh Berry. Okay. So um, it's basically, we wanted to come together and create a family-based, fun, Seattle network TV show. And we wanted to put all the stops out. We wanted top quality filming and crew. And uh -huh. we weren't stopping until we get it perfect. <laughs> Have you done anything for the Devon Marigolds yet? Have you got any finished oh, yeah. product? Oh. Yeah, um, we... For us to see, or, or is it still in lockdown right now? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got, um, we cast in April, a huge response. We had over 250 people respond, people from Canada. Um, and so as soon as we cast it, we ended up having a read-through and a photo shoot. So the photos are on Facebook. Okay. Um, and then from there, we taped a video with some of our cast about our project um, and put it up on a site called Kickstarter. Um, and you can see a little bit, and there's updates, and we're funneling um, all our stuff there. And then we just shot a webisode, um, a little character vignette this last Saturday for Christopher Marigold, the middle Marigold child, and that will go up on the Kickstarter site. Um, okay. Yep. Could you did, sort of tell me? The, uh, did you want to take a look at that behind the scenes video? Yeah. Can we pulled up from Facebook? Yeah. I'll cue that up for you and let you know when it's ready. Sure. Let us know when you got it ready. Um, yeah. Quick question now, how many people are in the Marigold? There's a mom and a pa, and how many kids here? Um, there's five kids. Five kids. And there's a neighbor and a bartender. Oh, okay. And a husband, boyfriends, girlfriends. Uh, it's a huge cast. There's okay. probably, I think we've got 15 or 16 people cast. See, I, I, are you, uh, which characters do you play in the Marigolds? So I play Cora Marigold, and I'm the second oldest, oldest daughter. And my character is pretty much, she left home for Europe. And she kind of did her thing and went all around as artist and free and crazy and fun. Okay. Um, and I play Bridget Marigold, who's the middle child who got pregnant right out of high school and got married to an Italian. <laughs> and oh boy, the I know loves it's that. pretty funny. So I'm the perfect soccer mom, um, overused, undervalued. Uh, you know, she's basically percolating. Something's gonna gonna happen with her you know okay. she can only handle it so long and she's got the middle Christopher Marigold is kind of her buddy in the family uh -huh. the only person that she can really talk to so. does she still get into trouble even though she's married and trying to hold you know together? she does we've got an interesting plot line with an emotional affair with oh, her character so is, you she, know? is she gonna stay married and stay true to her husband or is she gonna we don't know her? we've talked about that uh -oh. um, okay. I think she you know I, I, I think she will I think we talked about the emotional affair being so different now. There's something that happens, and oh, it's not okay. necessarily physical. Um, Your character goes into therapy? My character has a another a male that she connects with and ends up spending oh. a lot of time with, and to her, she feels 
she'll eventually probably end up feeling like she's cheating. Oh. You know, emotionally. It, it's a really interesting topic. Yeah. And we haven't cast that part either, so yeah. we're going to do a, a major casting for that role. Okay. Oh, you <laughs> mean that, that, male. the male interest? The guy yep. who's not a boyfriend, but it's nope. just kind of like a, a lean board. Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and take a look at that clip real quick? discuss some more about the divine marigolds uh could you tell me what more both about your, your personal characters what's your character doing in europe what does she do there so my character is an artist and she does phallic art and so she's kind of um gotten a reputation has been featured in some magazines and stuff but she, she wants to hide that from her family oh when she gets I back so yeah. she's kind of like showing that she's She's been somewhere and she's gotten something accomplished, but she doesn't want him to know what, so she's kind of hiding it. What, is she, is she embarrassed of what her family might think, or is she just worried that she's going <laughs> to have to keep producing or something? Or Well, I mean, the, the material that she's sculpting is pretty... <laughs> Erotic? Yeah. Okay, all right. Now, bingo. Now the family's now you get involved. It. Yeah, so, okay. I mean, she just... And then she's... She's kind of like ran out of money and she hasn't gotten the success she wanted and she's kind of hiding that. So she's and she's famous for okay showing yeah. them that she's going home for them, but it's really you know kind of a cross between the two. Okay, well, what's your character like? She runs the books for the family. She makes the lunches. She juggles two kids with a husband who doesn't care about her and. She takes pills. <laughs> oh, no. She's your perfect soccer mom pill popper to get through the day. Um, 
she wants to be recognized and she's not. Uh, she's real meticulous, perfectionist. Um, Are you jealous of your sister's somewhat? Yeah, definitely. Success? I mean, yeah. she she's gone. She's off gallivanting in Europe, and I'm stuck here with the mess of the family. And um, and then she comes back and she's welcomed with open arms. And you know, my character thinks, what? Yeah, and so she's hiding some of her past, though. At the well, same and they used to be really close, yeah. really close. And when she left, she, uh, my character felt abandoned, okay. you know? So yeah. there's a little bit of bitterness there. Oh, okay. But yeah. do you get some of that closeness back when you come back? Does it? Yeah, do definitely explore that in the season. Oh, does that help you get overcome your problems with the family and that sort of stuff? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's so intricate. Ever There's alliances with the siblings and secrets, and you, know, you still got this pops and mom that are still in love, which is great. That's a great, great example, oh, okay. head of the family. The and parents are still in love. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's good for you. Go, go, go ahead and play the, the clip. Yeah. Before, do you want to take the question from the chat room before we do that, or do you want to take question? the question? Sure, now. The question is, um, are you the makers of the show, and is the other girl in the show? They both um, are, yeah. Have you, have you already filmed episodes of the show? I guess it's three questions, but oh, all from the same okay. person. So I guess we can take, is the other girl in the show? I'm not sure which girl they're referring to. So um, we're, we're both in the show. I play Cora and she plays Bridget. Yes. And we are, Lisa and I um, sat down and we, we'd been acting for many years and producing together and we decided uh, we wanted to create a fun characters around a Irish Catholic family. So we started uh, brainstorming and creating these characters and they became alive. Then we, we kind of brought on what, who we thought was one of the best writers in Seattle, um, Hugh Barry. So he's kind of took over writing from there. Yep. And we all collaborate. Um, we created these characters. We know them really well. Um, I think all of us have a good grasp on it. So yeah, it's exciting. So we are, in essence, the makers. Okay. Shall we go ahead and play that uh, clip then? Let's play a clip of the show and see how it looks. My name is Jake. And I'm Nyla. And we'd like to talk to you about family. Actually, a TV show about family. The Divine Marigolds is an original TV pilot set in Seattle, Washington. And it's about an Irish-American family that runs a bike and board shop. And we see how they stick together as a family through thick and thin. I play JJ in the show. And I play his older sister, Mary Rose. The Divine Marigolds is a comedy with lots of heart, and we hope it will be on primetime TV. So far, we've got an amazing script, a great cast, and our three main locations. But we need help shooting our pilot. That's why we're here. We want to show you some more cool stuff about our TV show. Come on! This is the Alki Bike and Board Shop, built by the Marigold family from the ground up. Everyone helps out, usually. Morning. This is Alki Beach, which is pretty much the coolest beach around. So there's lots of stuff going on all the time. Pretty sweet location, right? So these crazy people behind us aren't just random. They're part of the cast of the TV show, The Divine Marigolds. The best thing about this family is that no matter what, we stick together. 
That's what the Divine Miracles TV show is all about. We have so much going for us right now, and we're so close to filming the pilot episode for our show. That's why we really need your help. Duh. That's why we made this video, is to tell people about the show, ask them to help us out. I know, I was getting to that. Who's gonna tell them about the prizes and gifts for donating? No one. If you just look over here, it explains everything. Exactly what you get for the different donations. Thank you for watching our video. Thanks, see you on TV. I can't wait to see a full episode of this. Is there is something on? Is it unavailable on the internet right now? A full episode of this or a pilot or anything? Um, well, you can go to that, which is Kickstarter.com, and search the Divine Marigolds just to see that little clip. But um, we haven't shot the full pilot yet. We've just uh -huh. uh, started shooting the character vignettes, uh -huh. and then we're going to shoot some webisodes. Okay, great. Yeah, the webisodes. How long are these in length? About five minutes each to sort of. Two. Oh, they're two short. Three, they're real oh. short. They just show a character that's not going to be in the script. Give you a little background on each character. Um, okay. And get people interested in you know wanting to see more. Shows the character getting into trouble and then subsequently being chewed out by mom and dad, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Could you tell me more about the? Okay, I think we've covered the first three characters: the the elder son and you two. Uh, what? Who are the kids that follow you two? Um, well, there's the other two siblings. There's Christopher Marigold, who's the middle child. He's uh, 25, and he's an uh, aspiring chef. Okay. Very green, very into the environment. He's um, particular about his looks, the way he dresses, and he's almost shut off socially because he focuses so much on his cooking and his creations. So he's a really interesting character. He's my character's kind of confidant because um, okay. he's a little bit of an outcast. and. Um, so he's really interesting. He tends to date redheads. <laughs> okay. So he's, he goes through girlfriends quick. Um, the character vignette that we just shot on Saturday had to do with his character and his girlfriend at the time. And he's the fourth. He's the fourth, child. yep. So that's why you two are close together because you're number we, Yeah, we're Irish yeah. cousins. So his character is 25, 26, I'm 27, 28. Um, and then there's McKenna. And she's 17, so she came along a little bit later. Uh, uh, yeah, she's got plenty of trouble left to get into. <laughs> she does. She's oh, yeah. a really into the skateboard scene she works at the bike and board shop she's pretty much the i don't know she's she's kind of the voice of the family the voice of reason she understands everybody she oh, doesn't you know she's okay. this really cool character that we're hoping a lot of girls will identify with oh yeah yeah she's the kind of like the the youngest kid in the in uh, yeah. most of those family shows she does know everything she's yep. witnessed everything she's seen all the action why is the under years for sure yeah. and she's got the neighbor the kids that grew up next door um, there's this kid, Craig, and he's got a big crush on her, and oh. she doesn't like him, oh, but, God. you know, okay. and so he's really creepy and funny, and so he's a great character, <laughs> yeah. Creepy and funny. Yeah, he's one of the best characters on the show. He's the, hysterical. The guy we have cast for him, he he's unbelievable. He is so funny. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
a funny, creepy guy? Well, that's, that's, that's unusual. That's, a, that's an interesting yeah. kind of twist. Yeah. Well, that's that's fascinating. Um, so uh, you want to make this go into per perpetuity then? This is this is yeah. that show is meant to continue on until everybody grows old and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we want to. I mean, the whole reason we sat down this a year ago is we said, what can we make that's an ensemble comedy and get all of the people we know that are so good at acting and um, all the crew that's so great and make it so Seattle that we can get somebody like NBC or ABC to pick it up yeah. and film it here. I mean, yeah. that's the ultimate goal is to, is to get a series going that's filmed right, here and provides right here work. And, yeah. Yep. And we've got an amazing amount of people here that can actually do this work. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I, it sounds very exciting. I think it's a very good idea. And please, yeah, bring more <laughs> attention to this town. I would love it. Seattle has just some amazing talent here. We have um, tons of actors and theater actors and independent film actors. There's a lot yeah. of them, and our crew is stellar. I've worked on some big projects coming from L.A. here, but they always bring in all the crew and bring in talent. Yeah, and, and so it's time to... Sound, just, <laughs> I suck everything dry when they leave, like a gigantic. <laughs> well, it's yeah. great to have them come up here, but it's also nice to have a Seattle-based show that kind of northern exposure-ish, yeah. you know... Um, Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you 100. percent This this has got that kind of Seattle feel to it. Uh, I'm I'm very much interested in the way you, your two characters interact, and you're both here, so I can ask you both these kind of questions at the same time. Uh, okay. How how many scripts are written into so so far? Has a scriptwriter done? Has he written like five shows or six shows, or, or are we still working on so, number one? So we two? have pilot number one, and then we kind of drafted up all the ideas, and we have kind of script collaboration meetings. So. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the basic framework, or I should say, the formula for the show is ready to go so you can just start plugging in exactly shows. we have the arc for the season you know we've talked about where we want each character to end at the end and what happens in the middle and so that's all been plotted out so it's okay. really just getting down dirty into it and writing out the script yeah and so. finding out how they get there our, our meetings are actually pretty heated oh good <laughs> they are we are so into our characters they were like no they wouldn't do that no no yeah no. you know it's just <laughs> oh boy this is gonna be fun people. to write <laughs> yeah it's I'm interesting script writers got lots of red ink <laughs> yeah um, but TV has multiple writers so you know it just happens you have to pump out so many scripts this reminds me a lot of what I've heard about the writing that goes into uh, Star Trek Phoenix Project. They've got like 10 or 12 mm -hmm. writers there mm -hmm. with all the characters fleshing out their own details. So, yeah, I'm sure that's a load of fun to sit there and write for those people, too. Oh, yeah, one of our um, the characters on Star Trek Phoenix, Lorraine Montez, she also stars in our show. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Lorraine Montez, yes, I'd love to get her back on this show sometime. So, and, and when you guys actually do a few shows, you may want to consider coming back on and uh, bring the lovely Lorraine uh -huh. again. Yeah, she's a pleasure to work with. Yeah, um, she's amazing. You have uh, other projects here we need to talk about before time runs <laughs> out, like the, the Push Life Project. Uh, could you tell me some more about this? Sure. That one is a, a Seattle-based reality TV show about skateboarding. So Push Life is kind of, um, it's not only about skateboarding, but it's about everybody pushing their life. When you're on a skateboard, you get on the board and you push yourself to the limits, but at the same time, you go with the flow. And if you want to get really good, you get really creative and you stay in the moment. And this show is about that. So our Push Life reality show is not only going to be about reality, but also creating art 
and creativity within skateboarding itself. So we're going to do some really cool stunts, but that also have some visual stimulus behind them. Do you skateboard? Uh -huh. Oh, wow, really? Do you <laughs> um, do stunts and I, stuff? I suck, but I love it. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I go out there and I try it and I have a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, well, that okay. sounds really great. I mean, I've, uh, uh, that's, that's actually, it's nice to have a hobby. I've never skateboarded myself, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm not afraid to do it. It's just it never occurred to me to, to do something like that. You should it? try um, longboarding. Longboard. Mm -hmm, yeah. That's what I can do. <laughs> okay. Okay, she's got you out there on the board. <laughs> yeah. I've done it every now and then. Yeah. Longboarding. What's the difference between longboarding and... Well, it's a big, huge board. Sometimes they give you, like... Oh, they okay. have the big, big, stable oh, wheels. Oh, yeah. And, okay. Um, a lot of people do it on Alki. It's a really great place to go out there. And um, actually, the Santa are. Monica Boulevard. Places like yeah. that, really flat. And oh, you can I just see. cruise along and... Uh, Watch a sunset and just kind of breathe and mm -hmm. watch out for off. cars. <laughs> Do you ever hitch a ride on a car to um, cheat your way? No, through I've done it on a bike though, or with other longboarders. You can pull each other. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Got a question from the chat room. Yeah, let's they're go. wondering. They've been skating. Uh, this person has been skating for 22 years. How do they get cast on the reality show Push Life? Oh, um, so we have a Facebook page, Push Life Facebook page right now. And we had some contests. We're going to have another one that's kind of submitting your own um, skateboarding, like, clips. So that will be coming up. So if they uh, start looking for that. And we're going to definitely go to a lot of parks, both indoor and outdoor um, in Seattle and around. We're kind of planning some trips. So we definitely want um, interaction with other skateboarders. Good. Good. Excellent. Any other questions from skateboarders out there? <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, are you guys going to be involved in any local skateboarding contests or anything like that? Or um, will you be filming yes. contests or, or uh, big events, skateboarding events? Yeah, we, um, uh, we will be at uh, Skate Barn West in Renton, or the Skate Barn in Renton, and there's a lot of cont competitions there. Um, Jason Zingler, he's the... He's a pro writer with them, and he's kind of, he's one of the stars on our show, and he's in a lot of competitions. He goes all around, so we'll definitely follow his. He's very, he's an amazing skateboarder. I haven't seen any, anyone like him, so nope. we got really lucky to get him. Okay. All right. Um, now, why don't we go ahead and start discussing Core Corewood websites? This is a project you two are working on. Uh, is this something? You, this is an idea that you guys formed together. Um, yeah, uh, we had been collaborating for the last year and realized that we needed, A, to start our own production company, which um, we did, which was Corewood Productions. Um, and then as we're taking all these trips to Missouri right now for Orpheum, uh, our other producer hired somebody to go around and tape us. And so we had all of this footage, and we decided we're going to start putting out Corewood webisodes and so we have one right now that's out um, on our Corewood Facebook page and it's Missouri it's all about us going to Missouri and seeing the locations for Orpheum and we're going to be doing one um, around Seattle and also in LA so it'll we're just going to start putting out these webisodes about what our production company is doing okay so this is going to be sort of like a travel log of what you guys yeah. experience together yeah. as you do work on these different projects it's kind of um, that, and it's just like us a little bit intensified. I mean, we have a lot of fun. We work really hard, but we also <laughs> have a lot of fun, and we 
we see all these really cool locations and we just meet a lot of people. So yeah. people have been asking us about our projects and we're like, well, we might as well just shoot something. Yeah. yeah. And it's ours and we get to have fun with it and play with it. It's, it's so different medium than uh, TV and film, you know. Yeah. And we yeah. have that video queued up if you want to take oh, a look yeah, at that. Yeah, why don't we put that up there? All right, we'll this, take a look at that. Just core wood or push line? Core wood. Core wood, okay. Wizards game. We're here just more for a fun excursion. We have our executive producer and some investors and our, our crew here. We're filming the Orpheum, which is a haunted love story that kicks back to the 1920s and it brings the feel of vaudeville into the present day. And so, so the Orpheum is based in Missouri, but the two of our producers, myself and Lisa Coronado, we're from Seattle. We have some people from our LA, our line producer, so it's a collaboration. We're trying to bring the, the best of both worlds and in a little bit go up against Hollywood. We're an independent film, but we have stellar locations. We have stars lined up. We're bringing the 20s back in the big Hollywood feel in the Orpheum. We're here with a bunch of people from Missouri and basically Larry and the table and promoting the Orpheum and this is kind of an old, it's called JJ's and it's old kind of 1920s feel of it and we're just kind of hanging out and meeting people. Hi, my name is Oren Savic, a Z, a uh, friend of uh, the Ozarks and Casa de Loco Winery. I'm uh, with the Kansas City Wizards professional soccer team in Kansas City. Come on down and check us out. We'd love to see you here and host you and have you enjoy the Kansas City Wizards soccer. Thanks. Having fun, getting to meet people, talk about uh, the script a little bit. And um, today we got to see some really cool places like a speakeasy and um, an old hotel. So it's been really fun to sort of put the script together with the places that you're seeing and just kind of like imagine it come to life. Thank you. 
jazz people on the streets who are singing and, and, and giving that huge vibe. So you kind of got into this, and uh, you guys are, are going to do a, an independent film on, on the theater. A, a, a love story and ghost story that happens around the Orpheum Theater and, and the deterioration and renovation of it follows a little bit of, I guess we'd say, a movie based on factual events. The Orpheums had the, the good nature of being built to, to do vaudeville, which was virtually almost replaced by motion pictures and they adapted to motion pictures but then someone came along and made multiplexes and then once again they became obsolete so it's taking something that's you know strike one strike two we're gonna bring it back for a third strike and, and hopefully a home run is that you bring it back and uh, in its grandeur and then put something in it that people still really liked into the era in which it was built live performances but in a large corporate environment, consensus is a part of the equation. So what you can't do is you can't have a good idea without having built consensus. They become connected. So what we do is we build great ideas in a consensus-forming environment so that everybody has a stake in the idea. Then it's not your idea or her idea or his idea, it's our idea. And we're all willing to fight for our own personal yeah. we, we just turn the teams around. all over the country. There were close to 100 of them built. They all had a lot of history and they each developed a, a unique history of its own.
and we're we're back. Okay, um, that was a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, film we just saw there. Or could you, before we go, and I know you need to go, Lisa, pretty quickly here. Before you go, can we? Well, I would like to talk about the well. That's yeah. one thing we haven't talked about yet. What is it? Um, I had a wonderful um, friend of mine, um, Lorraine Montez, send me some tidbits of a musical she'd been writing uh, three, three months ago, I think, and I read it and it was unbelievable and I was inspired by it and I said, you need to keep going with this. Um, and she said, okay, and so we put together uh, eight actors, got a director and herself, and we started meeting once a week at TPS and workshopping it and improving it and now after three months she's written a full-fledged musical um, called The Well about depression. It's a very dark comedy. Um, this is Lorraine Montez. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. she's amazing. She's so great. And it, are, the, are you guys going to put it on? Yeah, uh, right now um, we're doing the music portion of it. It's all original music um, and we've got a couple theaters that are interested. We're kind of figuring out after we move into rehearsals, what do we want to do with it? Did Lorraine um, do the music too? She's written a lot of the music, and now she's bringing a composer on board wow, to finish okay. it all out. Okay. Um, and she actually asked me to come on board to be one of the actors, which I did. But then also at the same time, she said, or you know, a couple of weeks later, she said, "Would Core would like to produce this?" And I said, "Of course." Yeah. You know, yeah. so now I'm acting in it and producing it, and not writing it, thank goodness, but um, just giving any help I can. So. Yeah. Oh, this sounds good. Depression area. Uh, uh, and what, what's the, the gist of the movie? People overcoming their difficulties, or it, people it basically being shows by the system. The way that depression has affected um, three separate scenarios. Um, there's a 20s scene, a 1960s scene, and then um, a girl that's current day. And it just shows how depression over the years, how we're so much luckier now and well equipped to be able to deal with it. In the twenties they had Germany, no clue what it was. yesterday. Yeah. Um, so. in the sixties they were starting to get it a little bit but not really talking about it. Yeah. And then now, you know, it's just it shows the evolution kind of of depression becoming um, known. And at the same time it's got these crazy songs and it's uncomfortable and it's funny and it's so touching and sad. Our we just did the final read through a couple weeks ago, the guy that plays my husband um, in the plague had everybody crying. I mean, it was right. so good. So we knew we were kind of onto something. He's an amazing oh, actor, too. Yep. So Ernie Joseph. Ernie Joseph, yep. Sounds, sounds really great. Um, yeah. Uh, when do you suppose you might be able to put this thing together and, and get it on the I stage? mean, ideally, it would be nice to get it seen um, the holidays this season. Uh, uh, yeah. Even if it's just showcasing it or um, just giving people a taste to see what they think. I mean, ultimately, it would be fantastic to go to Broadway, of course. Oh, well, um, absolutely. I mean, you dream big. <laughs> you think big. You dream big. And, yes. Um, yeah. It's been it's it's had great response from people that have read it and very different. <laughs> well, that's really really great. Now I know that you've got a, a script reading to go to. Yeah, so for Marigolds, I, we we have all the cast there. We're getting okay. ready to read the script. Um, in okay. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I don't want to hold you back or anything. I think we may be uh, running out of time here. I'd stay if you'd like, but. Uh, oh, I know. I wish I could. I'm kind of the ringleader and herder of all the actors so I need to get there when they get, get the there so, mm -hmm. right. yeah, that's okay. my producer job <laughs> okay are you a are you tough taskmaster or are yeah, you a more a of a communicator. mom type a communicator uh, yeah I'm yeah. putting out I mean I she's guess she's a taskmaster yeah <laughs> she's like have you done this yet Alder and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> uh, she does it to me too I guess I we all found <laughs> our niche I like talking to the actors because I'm an actor and I get it and yeah. I, I hate not hearing what's going on till the day it's going on so I try to be really on top of emails and communicating with them so I'm 
with this read through that's going on, I'm like, I gotta get there and you know get them all organized and tell them what's going on. One so. question I wanted to ask you as a scriptwriter: Do you like it when the actors uh, come up with al alternate uh, script lines or uh, something like that? Um, I don't. I don't think I'm somebody that's going to be to the books on my script and my words. And you know, I'm a big believer of what comes naturally out your mouth. That's why I've had separate. I've had read-throughs yeah. with the Orpheum to hear it out because when you read it, it's so different than hearing it said. Yeah. And some things are awkward. And if an actor yeah. comes up to me and says, "You know, this is a little bit awkward. I would like to change it to this, that instead of the," or, or I don't care about that. That doesn't mind. But if they yeah. start, you know, questioning the whole structure of the script, then they're like, <laughs> Been there, done that. Yeah. As, as a scriptwriter myself, I've I've really enjoyed uh, t having an actor take a shot at it and say, "Oh, I th this is probably what they would say," and then they'd say it, and they go, "You know, I think you're right about that one. I think that would, would, would yeah. be like that." I don't want to shoot anybody down ever if they have ideas and they yeah. know the character really well. I mean, oh, absolutely. Well, there's sometimes there's a uh, something that that needs to be said that's really important to the plot and you can't have an actor change that yep up. and there is there is emphasis on certain words that you need to get said and yeah. you know and yeah. other than that yeah I'm pretty easy that they'd be said just so it was really great to have you here Lisa Thank I, you I don't so want to hold much. you up I, I, I know you're very, very busy uh, yeah thanks for having me it was fantastic <laughs> I, well, when the Orpheum gets to be played, could you come back on the show? I'd like to have both of you back yeah. and talk about the Orpheum. Uh, yeah. Are you going to be in it, by the way? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, great. Yes. It'd be, uh, when you guys actually do it, please come back on the show. Yep. Absolutely. You have my invitation. All righty. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Everybody, clap your hands together and let's uh, cheer Lisa on out the door. Thank you very much. We hope to see you soon. All right. Oliver, it's very nice of you to, to stay here today, or else we'd have 15 minutes of dead time here. Uh, no problem. I'll just be a little late. That's oh, that's, yeah. <laughs> now, I wanted to talk more about uh, uh, Time Traveler Zero. You were the okay. lead character in that movie, and uh, mm -hmm. a very well done movie. It was great to actually be able to see that with, with uh, the stiff uh, uh, show. Um, oh, yeah. Film Festival? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did, did, was this your first time as a lead character in a movie? No, I've been doing the independent film thing for a long time. Oh. And so I've had okay. a lot of movies, but this one, not only that, but I actually, once I got the script, I came on board to executive produce as well. Yeah. Because I loved it. <laughs> well, here's a completely <laughs> off-the-wall question here since we've got time to kill. I haven't really been preparing. I was thinking, hmm. Uh, do you think uh, uh, women or men would be better at time travel or handling the the uh, the problems of time travel? Um, I'm not. I think either. I don't think it's gender okay. specific. I well, I, I was just throwing it out there for <laughs> see if I could start a debate. I guess not. Uh, I, yeah. What's the audience think? Is anybody out there in the in the chat rooms think that men or women would be better at time travel? Okay, nobody's going to care. Well, that... No, no pun intended, but they are on a little bit of a time delay from when no. the question's asked here until right. it gets to them streaming live. So it can be a two to 30 second delay. So uh, <laughs> girls for sure is what JJ, JJ Superstar says. Okay. All right. All right, JJ. Well, what... Um, do you, okay, as far as time travel goes, do you think it's... If, if, um, if someone were to come back and change our past... Mm -hmm. Then it would be. It all seemed to us as if the past never was like that in the first place. So whatever past we're experiencing all our life will always stay the same, or at least to our own perception will stay the same. And if, even if things were to come back and change, our perception 
will have thought it was always the same to begin with. Doesn't that sort of negate the idea of of uh, changing a timeline? I mean, well, it's interesting because um, after some of the clips and stuff about time travel came out and people started to see it, we we got people that had met John Titter, the oh, the yeah. time traveler, yeah, and um, or you know have claimed to have met him, oh. and they said that. Um, they could tell that their timeline was changing. There's a little like residual memory that go that kind of you know like a rec- record skipping, uh-huh. and so they would remember slightly like different things. One of them had, um, you know, their tape, their CD player changed to a tape re- tape deck. Oh and, yeah. Uh, or or things like that, and they knew it was one way the day before, and they started noticing it was it's, it's a wave, and so oh. they started noticing. So there's something about so time modulation. Memory. So yeah. if you knew nothing about it, um, maybe you just think that. Do you ever have when it happens like you, you think something was a certain way, and then you're like, oh no, maybe it wasn't oh, that's that way. Right. I had a CD <laughs> player instead of a tape player. So it's little small things like that. Yeah, and reality um, is so you know, it's moving all the time anyway. So. I, I can't think of uh, anything specifically that's ever happened to me about, it, which is why I would be one of those who would tend to debate that. Oh, time static. The timeline can't be touched, therefore uh, well, it'll always be the same. Now you can create an alternate universe, and I'm sure. Uh, well, let's like let's talk about the idea of supersymmetry. Now, the idea of supersymmetry is that we've mm-hmm. made all the different choices we've ever come against each other, so we live simultaneously in all these other universes. Although we're not directly experiencing ourselves, there's another me or you out there experiencing. Your different choices, like deciding whether or not to come on this show, for instance. Right. You probably might have thought, um, well, I don't know. I think I'll skip this one this week. Or else maybe I called in sick today and said, oh, I just, I got a headache or something. But I didn't. But, uh, you know, perhaps maybe I'd be depressed or something and wouldn't want to do the show. But I, Which, I, I, you know, is, is, is off the point. But anyway, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that. That there's multiple dimensions and, and realities and possibilities. And yeah. I think that personally, if you get up in the morning and you, you set your intention and you set your intention for your life and you, you follow your bliss and you follow the way you want to go, you're going to walk through all the different realities that you could have. So you're going to set through the day and you're going to know from this like gut inner feeling which one to go through and oh. kind of get you in the right direction. So... You know, I knew to be on the show right away ever since I met you because my gut told me. Like, it it, it was instantaneous, and there's other things that my gut tells me, no way. Don't, well, you shouldn't go that way. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's nice to hear that. <laughs> uh, well, uh, yeah, my gut feeling uh, was, was that I should do the show, too. You know, that keep plugging along. And to be honest with you, uh, lately I have, I've been showing some signs of depression, which I will talk to my therapist about, not here. But if anyone out in the audience wants to help me with my depression, feel sure and go ahead and give it some words if you, if you want to. It's really not that bad. Well, it's true. I mean, we all go through down times where we feel a little bit, a little less enthusiastic. But we're starting to run out of time yeah. here, and we're gonna. It's going to be almost time for me to sign off. Do you have anything else that you'd like to talk about as far as time travel goes? The hour um. does go fast, doesn't it? <laughs> I guess what I'd leave with of what I've discovered all these years of making this movie is that um, I think time travel is possible, and instead of um, externally, it's internally. So I think that um, we're able to go places that we've never dreamed of to just look inside. 
Do you, do you ever meditate upon that? I, I meditate on oh, yeah. different possibilities? Well, good. <laughs> Does it help you in making good choices in the present? Um, I mean, I'm not as, as worried about choices because the next moment you could make a terrible decision and then the next moment you have your choice again. Yeah. It, it always starts over. Well, every bad choice and good choice you make has its own upside and downside to it. As any good Zen philosopher would probably be able. To <laughs> yeah, do. and it's how you react to those. Uh, you know, your mistakes. It's your reaction and how fast you get off the floor when you fall. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> it's all wonderful. I love living a wonderful life in a multiverse of decisions and decisions made and not made can all be together. You can always have your cake and eat it too in the multiverse. And for this week of the multiversal news, I am going to be signing off. Oliver, it was very nice to see you here. Thank you Thanks so much for, for coming on me. my show. And Lisa. She's yes, wonderful. Yes, and Lisa too. Thank you, Lisa, for being <laughs> on the show also. I'll see you next week, and we'll see who will be on then. It's a surprise, and I'll see you then. <laughs> Bye-bye.